I love that theme tune. <laughs> Welcome, Katie. How are we doing? Good. How are you? How's it going? I think I'm doing all right. Apparently, Nicola opted for having a bit of a line, so it's just me. I wonder what that must be like. <laughs> Lucky. Yeah, super cheeky. <laughs> she has a little bit of a headache, so I'll give her the benefit of the doubt. Has she been going throughout the night oh. as well? No, no, no. She just uh, stayed up until about two, which is probably why she needs more sleep. But uh, there mm. we go. Uh, no, it's just <laughs> me. She came on for a couple of shows uh, at um, between 10 and uh, 12. And then she stayed up to watch the Ghost Hunters panel, which we did. Yeah, that oh, sounded yeah. really cool. But I needed to go to sleep. What's it like? That be so fun. Tell me about sleep. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> precious, precious. Sleep. It's pretty good to be fair. <laughs> Marsha's living her best life. Well, she's got a nice day of naps planned. I've got to go to work after this. <laughs> Gosh, just, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> You've got I a nice life of having disposable income, though. <laughs> I'm an apprentice. <laughs> sleep what is that like there's other people who got laid off due to COVID going work what is that like money I miss that <laughs> I miss having structure to my day what's this <laughs> oh I miss the endless void <laughs> <laughs> you do yeah being able to go on dog walks and bake all day Oh my god, Katie's literally the one my one. ideal time. <laughs> Katie's the one pushing for a second lockdown. Be able to go on dog walks and baking. Oh, isn't life wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really great. Just my golden life. <laughs> and, you know, reading <laughs> Talking about wonderful life, should we have a look at a different time where life wasn't so wonderful? Segway, I love it. Right in there, right in there. So today, me and Katie are going to be taking us through some elements of Victorian childhood. Ooh. And naturally, when we're introducing things, for some reason, I have to go really, really posh or posher than I normally am. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, there is no, there's no line between either being like swearing all the time or being an, a Victorian lady. There's, there's yeah. no middle ground. It's one or the other. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like you may bring out the Romsey in me because I grew up in a, like for anyone who's watching this who doesn't know, Romsey is a posh little, very middle class town uh, just down the road from here in Southampton. And uh, it's taken me years to deprogram the posh out of me. But I think being around you two ladies talking about Victorian children in a slightly askew manner, I, I don't think there's anything more middle class than what we're doing right now. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to go for it. <laughs> yeah, let's just go for it. <laughs> so, yeah, Victorian times and children. Now, what do children like? They like toys and they play with them. So I'm going to kick things off by talking about toys of the time in very posh voice. So Victorian time it was when people started to come into the sort of consumerist way of life. So they thought, oh, there are these children. Let's get them into the capitalist regime and start selling toys to them. And also there was another reason because it was quite uh, well, not rare, 
but a hell of a lot of kids were dying before they were one. So if you made it past one, they're like, good on you, have a toy. <laughs> you made it if you get them playing with the toys when they're young, they'll know how to construct them for when they're down in the factory later. Ah, there you exactly. go. Always thinking they got it down. So, uh, yeah, and that's when Christmas also came into its own as a children's holiday. And I mean, they were marketing from all angles. It was pretty great. But as we know, Victorian time is dank and full of horrors. So these weren't your average toys and they were laced with death. And they're so, probably made out of poisonous materials, let's face it. They were. Yeah, yeah they used uh, toxic metals and mostly lead to make them brightly coloured. They had, uh, yeah, lead uh, soldiers and they covered dolls in it. And the thing is, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, different time. They didn't know it was poisonous. Do you know how long we've known lead is a toxic substance? Since like Roman times? So it's been known for ages. But there was this kind of theory that, yeah, lead, if you have it in a lump, obviously poisonous. But if you rub it all over some wood on a doll, Surely that can't be poisonous. That'd be fine. You just apply the asbestos coating then and you're golden. Yeah, I mean, exactly. God wouldn't make it poisonous. <laughs> so, so it's fine. Yeah, the main reason they did it is uh, still to this day, there's nothing really that preserves wood quite like lead. So they're like, well, be all right. Well, yeah, did they use that on the advert? There's nothing that uh, quite uh, preserves wood like lead. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> I was just going to work campaign. It might kill your kids, but damn, their toys will last. <laughs> You can bury those toys with your dead kids. What a marketing campaign. Yeah. What's more, lead targets the nervous system and children are particularly more susceptible to those effects. Those drawing um, the, those drawings of children in hospital beds being comforted with lead toy soldiers. Come on, Jimmy, put the well known toxic substance in your mouth. Probably yeah. doesn't taste either yeah, yeah that is pretty tasteless <laughs> so kids were literally chowing down on these lead toys having a great time whilst succumbing to lead poisoning it was ridiculous but uh, oh yeah uh, more on I the mean, at least they were already in the hospital hmm. yeah <laughs> well with no help to be given to them i was gonna say more on the mouth yeah. point so one of the reasons they obviously established lead was really bad for children was one because they were developing but also because it was noted that children have no self-control and love to put things in their mouths so they're like it's unreasonable that a child will play with a toy and not put it in its mouth so yeah they they noted that mm. then and then katie made a good point yesterday did i you wrap up about coronavirus what so they're like well and so, and so it's like the same today sending all the kids back to school even though kids have no self-control kids can't social distance <laughs> so they can't it's, it's not a thing in schools you'd think that they'd look at history and see that this might be repeating itself slightly literally like if there's a health risk children are more vulnerable than the adults due to their inability to practice self-control and specifically resist from putting things in their mouth let's put them all back together and spread the disease shall we 
I <sighs> the logic which the government is going by, like they were all privately educated. They only know three to a class. Like what's the problem with social distancing? People per, per class, like whereas in your average comprehensive, there's a hundred students in a, a room built for 10. Yep, literally. Yep. Like, they've, um, my partner works in a college and they've rearranged all the desks and stuff. So, these kids are actually sitting closer together, but it's so they're all facing the front so that, you know, they don't like, they're not like spreading it across the classroom. But what happens the second you talk to your friend? Oh, look, now we're spreading it and we're even closer. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just no logic whatsoever. Have you seen that video of Boris in the school saying, um, oh, he's, he says to the kids, he's like, oh, and I've just asked you all what makes you nervous. And none of you mentioned coronavirus, which is great. You shouldn't be nervous about it. It shouldn't impede your life. Anyway, I've got to go now. And he waves. And it's obviously a shot of the children. They're all socially distanced. But then the camera pans to the other side of the classroom and all the other kids that are in the class are like bunched together at the side so they can get the shot of the socially distanced kids. And you hear a teacher as the camera pans go, oh, <laughs> you know it's not working. It's right, literally yeah. not a thing. Like, I mean, I do sympathise with parents and kids. I do. But literally, history is just repeating itself over and over. Like, literally, all of this is just like, literally like being in Victorian England. Like, have we not learned? Apparently not. Oh, my God, we were going through our notes yesterday. There's so many points like, and nothing's changed. <laughs> Like, and still we're being left to die. <laughs> For a start, we hadn't learned enough, and now it seems to be in a process of unlearning more and more things. Like, how, what can we just ignore that we learned? Like, literally, we... and scientists are just it's like vilified because, like, actually, um, they did that a few years ago, and uh, everyone died. Sure, sure, fake news. Sure, think of the economy. <laughs> The economy doesn't work if there's not people, shush. It's the same thing. Some America. of you may die, but it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. Like, what? <laughs> It's a scientist in America I really feel sorry for. Like, you know, at least the ones in this country just can, like, roll their eyes a little bit at what Boris mm -hmm. Johnson is saying. They've literally got scientists stood next to Donald Trump. He's going, let's inject bleach. It's, oh, oh, I know. Where do I begin? I just... I, oh. literally like it's so bad my favorite is when he turns to them and he's like we could do that right and they're like don't put this on me <laughs> i'm not going to condone this no but yeah, yeah as, if, as if poisonous toys weren't bad enough they also used to put lead in the paint that they put on their walls so even if you were like oh put the toys away they seem to be making them ill just being in the home breathing was killing everyone and um Yet the government did absolutely nothing. Do you want to know when lead paint was banned? Little, little, little thing. It was banned in the 1920s, which, uh, but not in England. It was banned in Sweden, Czechoslovakia, Austria, Poland, Spain, Finland, and Norway. We well, banned it in the 1970s, a hundred years after the problem was identified. I guess by those margins, we've reacted amazingly quickly with COVID. So yeah, mm. government's still here to protect us. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess a couple of the, months uh, sound really bad. I guess the phrase they say is right, kids, they're so easily led. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of <laughs> Still punning. 
<laughs> That's very good after no sleep. I'm very impressed. I wouldn't be, no, I wouldn't be punning. <laughs> no. Katie's struggling already. So from uh, poisonous toys onto uh, baby deaths. It was very optimistic, uplifting time in Victorian times. Yes, yes. Really very nice. the way to begin your Sunday morning, this, isn't it? <laughs> I, I was just talking to my last guest about how, like, surely things that, like, you know, just certain things can't be true that I'm thinking. Like, you know, Boris Johnson, Prime Minister, that can't really happen. Like, I can't believe a segment uh, uh, like or a segue on this show is like, uh, so, baby deaths. That's baby a segue. Death. No, that's definitely not happening right now. This is definitely a hallucination <laughs> that I'm experiencing right now. All this world is like some kind of dystopian nightmare at the moment. Every day, like this can't be reality. <laughs> Marcia, it's fine. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and this will all have been just a hallucination of mine. This isn't happening. COVID. Literally. Ridiculous. It's just a fever dream. COVID is a fever dream. <laughs> Who's president of America? Oh, I really talking about when life. Right now. Yeah. That's it's when terrible. you have those moments talking about getting back to normal and you just have that moment yeah. of like will we be able to travel will it get back to normal and then you're like yeah so when the world fits itself we'll, we'll do this and you're like i hope i hope <laughs> but uh but at the same time it's like well our version of normal was kind of evil as well so maybe we need a need a new normal but also That's it's true. so sad like all the um now single-use plastics that are being used just because covid and it's like oh planet I'm so sorry. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Sorry. I had a disposable mask in my pocket yesterday and I looked insane because the wind, I got my phone out of my pocket with the mask and the mask caught in the wind. I was just like running across the field like, I will not contribute to this. You want to say, can't, can't we cure COVID without killing the planet? And the government retorts with, well, we can fail to cure COVID whilst destroying the planet. Huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a trying time. So baby death, <laughs> as mentioned, uh, as mentioned, uh, it, it was kind of a good thing to make it to your first years. About fifteen percent of newborn babies actually died before they were one. And oh, that's another reason. Um, have you seen um, like in the film The Others, uh, those death photographs taken of people after they died? That's the reason they were so popular, especially with children. I was like, that's so dark. Like, imagine <laughs> just like finding that, like, oh yeah, that's that's all the dead, all the dead children throughout the family. Oh. I saw one as well. There's quite a famous one. It's just stuck. I don't even remember where I heard about this, but it's stuck in my mind. It's two girls together, and one of the girls is alive. And she was like, Yeah, I didn't really understand. They just said I had to like pose with my sister, and they didn't really mention that she was dead. And then I was just sitting next to her, like, well, this is weird. <laughs> Um, should I tell my parents she's not breathing? Like, <laughs> this is a strange photo shoot. She'd actually been dead for a week, but due to the light, she was so well preserved. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah all the pictures are really old. <laughs> just like, and she's just still true. <laughs> take her out every year for a new photo, <laughs> like just that. Oh, oh yeah, just as a comparison. <laughs> There are, oh, where is it? It's somewhere in Asia, I can't remember, where they dig up the graves of family members to change their clothes once a year and, like, brush their hair and stuff. Um, yeah, there's, like, pictures of people with, yeah, corpses doing it. That's their custom. Like, I, uh, I mean, Katie, so, very fond. I wouldn't. 
I wouldn't. There's somewhere, I can't remember where it is, and they, like, you have to bury your loved ones in cotton socks. And there's like a saying like, oh, I hope you are liquefied because you can, you don't buy grave um, grave, grave plots. You rent them for a year yeah. and then it's, you get dug up, taken out and it's given to someone else. So they're like, oh, I hope you liquefy so you, so you get to stay and we don't have to deal with that. And they do it in um, cotton socks so that when you dig down, you know, you've got to the end. You don't just keep going. Cause it's like, well, I found the sock. So. Oh my God. <laughs> nice places. Nice, nice. Bless your cotton socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Good point on this one. So previously, if a child died, it was considered that it was sort of God's will. And, you know, you win some, you lose some. Bye bye, Jimmy. But however, the patriarchy was starting to get into its stride. And they were thinking, why blame God when you could blame a woman for being a bad mother? Mm. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> So they started putting all this pressure on women that it was their fault. And I thought this ties in so well with it. Like people being like, oh, you don't live in like a wonderful world. It's like bountiful and pleasures on every corner. Take up with Eve, mate. It's all her fault. Yes, Eve's problem. <laughs> so mothers started turning to science to help ensure their children lived. So have you um, heard of Mrs. Beaton? She like wrote books about household stuff um she was a well-respected figure who gave advice on how to how best to rear children advice like if you're breastfeeding drink lots of beer but stay off the gym yeah. like, um, advice there um and have you ever have you ever seen someone trying to get a child to latch on that doesn't want to imagine doing that pissed like it's it's not easy <laughs> i've had so many mates with kids that don't want to latch on and it's actually like they're like literally it's like their opposite magnets to like the baby's mouth and the nipples are like oh like you're not doing that pissed having said also that very when they got the taste of breast milk which is laced with gin then they latch really easily they want to get their fix like <laughs> otherwise they get the shakes so you know yeah there yeah. you go <laughs> like also, in victorian england they had to wear corsets like imagine trying to get a corset off while pissed and trying to make a baby latch on just like I'd just break, I'd just cry. <laughs> like, I thought you were going to say, whilst also trying to make a baby, like they had a lot on. They <laughs> didn't have many children that survived. <laughs> they had like babies one after the other, didn't they? So probably. I was just like, <sighs> <laughs> the list of tasks is growing. <laughs> Get over, like, everyone. This one's looking pretty nebby right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly oh she also had this um chapter saying if you couldn't breastfeed um because it wasn't very fashionable at the time because in victorian england women were kind of meant to be waif like and feeble and fragile and wet nurses weren't like these big bucks of women who you know probably ate um so it wasn't very fashionable to be like one of them so uh yeah she gave advice on rearing by hand as she put it uh, which was quite a new concept. So naturally, the chapter on that was quite big compared to the one on breastfeeding. So everyone was like, oh, a really, really long, in-depth chapter. That must be the one we're meant to follow. I was like, what kind of freaking logic is that? <laughs> so if someone gives you a really easy plan, like, where is the shop? Oh, it's just down the road. Just go there and turn left. And you're like, is there another way? And you're like, sure, cartwheel up the road, get a bus into town, experiment with drugs, get a taxi back later, right to the shop. You're like, I know which I'm doing, kind sir. <laughs> I fair. Sounds like a much more interesting journey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a a journey. Watch for me, please. <laughs> yeah. 
that's just ridiculous. Like, ah, oh, Victorian logic. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh some, some Victorians. <laughs> um, anyway, Mrs. Beaton recommended a particular type of bake bottle that was sold widely. They were not normal bottles. They were baby killer bottles because they were basically bacteria traps. Um, and they were recommended that you only wash them every two to three weeks. So the mm -hmm. rubber was poured and the bottle had ridges. So basically just a germ party. Also and the milk formula the that they had. Yeah, and the milk formula they had was basically just flour and water. So yeah, I mean, it's not really surprising all the kids were dying. <laughs> like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just like ridiculous. Like the ridge, it's got like literally a curb in the bottle. It doesn't help you hold it or anything. That was just someone like, bottles are boring straight. Let's put a curb in it. <laughs> like, but of course yeah. it tracks all the bacteria. I think well, it was the, planned. There's the, the idea of like, um, you know, uh, what, what do they usually drink? Oh, it's, it's breast milk or milk. Mm. Um, I mean, flour water would probably get about the same colour. Deal. Deal. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and also, we were still selling this style of Victorian uh, baby bottle well into the 20th century. Come on, guys. Let's learn from the mistakes of the past. Literally. So bad. Mm. Then after baby deaths, we go on to working children because who doesn't love a little bit of child labor? <laughs> <laughs> so if you've made it through your first years of life without dying, great, get a job. The Industrial <laughs> Revolution was built off the backs of child labor, and there are loads of written accounts from these children. So we know what it was really like. For example, Charles Bacon, who when he was 13, um, was sold by his father to work with horses. Imagine being nice. sold by your dad. That's the ultimate burn. Do you think he like how the how do you reckon his dad set up? Like, we're gonna go for a nice day at the races. Jog on, mate. Like, <laughs> do you want a horse? I'll buy you a horse. Oh no, sorry, not buy you a horse. Sell you to work with. Sorry, I always get that mixed up in my head. Sorry, anyway, bye. I feel like we have to um, like uh, like it, it sounds like the beginning of the four Yorkshiremen sketch. So like, oh, sold to mill owner. You were lucky. I had to pay <laughs> mill owner to take me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably weren't this bit reminds me of Katie. Do you remember when I was trying to explain the film, uh, the concept of the film Midsummer? But yeah, vaguely. So know. sorry, guys, if it's slight spoilers, but it happens like literally in the first ten minutes. Um, this girl finds out that um, her sister's committed suicide in the house with her parents and taking the parents uh, with her. And Katie's response was like, God, you didn't even get invited to the family suicide burn. They must really hate you. They must really <laughs> hate you. <laughs> that, was, that must be devastating. Like, oh, but then at the same time, hey, why was my invite? Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Had this not a little club without me? <laughs> a little fight club over there? Rude. <laughs> you know, say what you like about Hitler, but he took Eva Braun and the dog with him. He did. <laughs> he did. At least he was inclusive in that respect. <laughs> Just rude. It's like everyone's dead. Rude. So mean. <laughs> but yeah, some children um, were lied to and sent from the workhouse to cotton mills under the guise of being made into lords and ladies. So lying to kids, brilliant, great. 
Um, and they were told they'd be fed roast beef and plum pudding. And on arrival, they were given porridge with a blue tinge. Why was it blue? Um, why? Mold? Yeah. Um, <laughs> lead. Um, lead they lead they were not best pleased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, it's a pretty good business model, though. Like, if we lie to them, they'll come. It'll be great. They'll, they'll go willingly. Bring great. If you lie to them, they will come. <laughs> A very different field of dreams. Yeah. <laughs> very, very different. <laughs> all the children, all the free slash cheap labour. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they were literally targeting orphans because they were like, they knew what they were doing. It wasn't exactly cool. They were like, yeah, people might, you know, get a bit annoyed if we keep um, enslaving children. Let's do it to orphans. No one cares about orphans. Brilliant idea. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and no one That's questioned it. And no one was looking out for them. Um, oh. Yeah, going back to the cotton mills. So in the cotton mills, they weren't even allowed to wear shoes because there were like metal plinths that went across the floor and all like the cotton bits coming off the machines were everywhere. And they had like little iron bits on the bottom of their heels. So if their heel caught the metal plinth, it would could make a spark and the whole place would go up. I was like, you can't even wear shoes without spontaneously combusting at work. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> That's like um, in some ways still a thing today, like in um, flour mills, because there's so much carbs in the air all the time, just like from the flour dust, that's really explosive. So flour mills explode quite regularly. That's still a thing. So being a miller is actually a very dangerous job. Did you say there's carbs <laughs> in the air? So there's no Atkins or keto diet. I hate to break it. Bread is a carb, Marsha. Bread as a cup, but in the air, you're just breathing it in. Like, why can't I lose weight? <laughs> why am I still putting on weight? I hate my job. Carbs are in the air, everywhere <laughs> in the world. <laughs> it's a baguette floating by. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Super nice. Yeah, without the risk of exposure, that's great. <laughs> to be fair <laughs> best job but, um, in the world best job um obviously working in factories they were liable to lose limbs but to say uh, and being disabled for life for which they would receive zero compensation and be chucked out of work so it's basically like oh you lost a limb in, in, in work today mate oh that sucks You're not gonna be able to make me any money best get on the street then jog on like, oh, okay. Also, in um, Victorian times, they started photographing criminals to put on record to identify um, repeat offenders, and they would make them pose with both their hands in the shot because it was like so that. normal for people to be missing fingers. So it was a great way to identify them. So, like, how many fingers did he have? Only four. All right, then we'll get him. <laughs> we'll get him. We'll get him. I was imagining being like, how many fingers? fingers. Did he... I imagine being like, how many fingers did he have? Like, uh, ten. Oh, fancy. <laughs> if a repeat offender lost a finger in an accident it must have been glasses half full well look at least they can't bust me for my my next crime exactly just be like well, 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 well yeah. this wasn't me i think you'll find yeah clearly not <laughs> like, that child stopped and um, pickpocketed me really how many fingers did he have none well, I think at this point he earned it, mate. If he managed to pickpocket you with nothing, like, come <laughs> on. Like, it was too much. No, he deserved it. <laughs> where credit's due. Let him have the wallet. That's damn impressive, mate. You know, hands down, impressive, child. 
Hands down, that's not appropriate. <laughs> Hands down, mean. Yeah. Oh, no, And this child burn. Um, they also worked 14 to 15 hours hours a day, um, unpaid, but kind of in a payoff. Uh, they were fed, well, fed with their bluish porridge and uh, housed and educated, which is more than some, to be fair. So you know what? We could do with a little bit of gratefulness here, actually. Yeah, I'm trying to be grateful for your abusive master. Gosh. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Six-year-olds could get jobs on farms as human scarecrows. Six years old, mm -hmm. he was standing out in the field, just there, like, screaming at the crows. In one account, a boy says he was so lonely, he shouted as loud as he could for his mother. And to be fair, sounds like he was doing a great job. There ain't a crow yeah. for miles. If anything, he's I mean, taking a job there. If you want to not get employed as a scarecrow, don't call for your mother. That's just going to scare the crows away more. You're just going to make yourself an overnight success. Exactly. exactly. I was like, if I was the farmer, I'd be like, I don't care what you shout, but the volume at, great, great. <laughs> Look at this little sad boy. Take note from him. Everyone do what he's doing. But I'm so sad and lonely. Great, great. great. <laughs> Imagine like crying for your mum and you just see your boss in the corner like. <laughs> 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 and then the girl just gets more sad it's like oh look son you're, you're killing this you're, you're genius best i've seen <laughs> oh my father mate this is very um, odd time from seven you could be a chimney climber so like a chimney sweep the kids they sent up that and the average Don't know why I'm being an octopus. <laughs> Keep going, guys. I'm just popping to Lou. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't have the option of like, wait, I was trying to subtly signal you, but I, I got the feeling you weren't going to take that. <laughs> no, I had no idea. I thought something had happened. I thought we were being raided. <laughs> like it's coronavirus. Um, yeah, so from seven years old, you could be a chimney climber. And uh, yeah, the really? average, uh, what's that called? Dimensions of a chimney was about, I wonder if I have a ruler in here, was about nine inches by nine inches. There's no inches on this. <laughs> what? Um, uh, a classic ruler is about 12 inches long, so it's whatever three. Oh, this is a, this is a half ruler. Oh. So this is six inches. I was going to say, I was like, it's there. So, all right. So about that-ish, about that-ish, by that. So, yeah, the children would actually strip naked uh, because soot had been known to gather in their pockets and get them stuck. So, uh, yeah, little naked children slipping up your chimney. Sounds uh, totally legit. But uh, even at that point, they thought it was a little bit harsh to be sending children up the chimney. So uh, they developed tools that meant that, you know, spared the poor children and uh, possibly let them live. But uh, the, yeah. the tools are more expensive than hiring children. So uh, they decided, actually, I'd rather just purchase a cheap white or girl and yeah, keep your tools to yourself. And uh, we, were saying, like, oh. we were saying we need to um, bring this up with our dad, the nine inches thing, because he is convinced it's a conspiracy and that the chimneys were too small for children. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, like, 
so yeah, our dad doesn't believe that's a thing. Um, yeah. You could also get a job collecting poo for tanners. I mean, I know things are tough, but my God, it really was a grim time to be alive. Like, you can either yeah. die in a tanner or you can pick poo up. Yesterday, I asked Katie if she knew what a tanner was, and she was like, yeah, fake tan. I mean, times are bad. You need to rub a poo on. Times are bad. Like, you know, we don't want any peaky people here. It's so pale. <laughs> bad <laughs> enough as it is. <laughs> Literally, I guess so. Wow. <laughs> nice break. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe it's uh, twice a five. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, we're talking about uh, kids being chimney sweeps, and many boys left uh, chimney sweeping to be child soldiers when they got too big to go up the chimney. So yeah, being made redundant at probably age nine, and then being sent off to sea. Some started at six years old being sent off in these warships, but uh, it was more common to be about thirteen because you know that's fine. I heard that some of them cried for their mummies and they said, look, you're not a scarecrow now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've got to leave that one behind. Come on now. It's time to grow up. Different um, Literally. But yeah, like the children, to be fair, had, um, they were very optimistic. One boy says, said in a letter to his parents that seeing a man's head blow off didn't help raise his spirits that day. Imagine sending your kid into that and receiving the letter. Yes, mum and dad, I'm fine. I love nearly dying every day. The frequent decapitations is a little bit worrying, but it's great to be busy. Hope you're safe at home, you awful people. Like, <laughs> you've got to buy the optimism in those kids. It was ridiculous. Just like, oh, well, you know. It's a little bit sad with my spirit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, glass is half empty. My uh, best friend's head did get blown off, but I mine didn't. Glass is half full, and it's I've yeah, got a I job. Like, I am sending money home every week, so you know. Yeah, it's fine. I'm actually writing this note in my friend's blood. Lol. Yeah, exactly. Lol. <laughs> also, oh yeah, my friend wrote last week, so just using Jimmy's blood now. Yeah. I was going to say, Jimmy did mention that if he died, he would like his head to be sent to his mam. So I popped it in a parcel too. Would you mind passing it on? <laughs> Just kind of like Baron. dripping. Blame the women. Blame the women. Yeah. My God, Mum, of all the things to ask for. So, <laughs> yeah, loads of returning soldiers ended up in um in, in asylums. Makes you wonder why, doesn't it? Like, like, well, I saw men's head exploded at nine years old. Kind of traumatic. It was very traumatic. So after 1833, they started putting in a couple of, like, legal practices to um, protect children. But it was really rubbish stuff. It was like, instead of working uh, 15 hours a day, stop at nine. Nine seems enough. And you're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> you're all hard. Um, and then after this, news started getting back to the middle classes. They were like, oh, they're putting like laws in place because it's not very good. What's going on? And the middle classes were horrified, but not because the children were treated badly. They couldn't care less about that. But there were in the newspapers, someone had looked into the women that. That froze suddenly. It did, yeah. She Ooh. still isn't back. I'm back. Hello. Did you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> so they'd be dragging these coal carts up to the um, surface and they'd get really, really hot. So they'd strip off and they were like, topless women working in mines? 
disgraceful. disgraceful. I was like, children and women, like, literally being worked as pack horses in mines. Oh, just keep your top on. God, dignity. We don't want to be seeing that. Like, that's that <laughs> disgusting. I stopped and watched them working for five hours. It was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Literally. Jimmy yeah. might see explodes. They're seeing naked women in the factory. <sighs> well, that oh, is the illustration they chose to put. That is the illustration they chose to put in the newspaper. So then and now, putting naked ladies in newspaper, like what will sell? Oops. Yeah, literally, like anything, boobs, boobs sell. It took forever for the law to change to protect children because most of Parliament were directly profiting from child labour. Well, again, I think this just reflects on our government. Like, I bet they lost the files on the child labour issues. It's like, not again, you know, with that whole thing. So, yeah, the government is not here to protect you. I mean, this is kind of the point of a government, but apparently that just doesn't work in practice. There's vaults under the Houses of Parliaments and you can see like all the bills and laws and acts as they're trying to like push them through. And for the children, like protection ones, they're literally like 15 years apart. And they're like, oh, they started it, but then they didn't like it. And then 15 years they picked up it. And then they said, oh, no, and they popped it back down there. And you can just see how convoluted the journey is because they didn't want to pass them. Because children are great cheap uh, if you, yeah. I mean, if they're profiting from it, they don't want it. They lose that. Oh, yeah. the banking reforms of their day. Literally. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The government is not there to help you. So uh, let's move on to schools. <laughs> Victorian schools. When it, you, me and Katie were talking about this. When you were at school, did you have to do like the Victorian school exercise where your teacher would be like extra harsh and you had to like write on slates? No, no, never did that. Oh my god, I had to do it like so many times. I remember one time. You like dressed as a Victorian. Yeah, they'd like bring a cheap bonnet in for everyone. <laughs> I don't think we did. I remember like um, um, my kids did. I remember them having that day. I just think our hmm. school must have bypassed it. Some. I mean, I thought maybe maybe they thought it was just a bit on the nose for Romsey. We were already a bit Victorian as it was. So like, yeah. <laughs> it's just a normal day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we were there. Exactly. I remember one at um, my primary school and one of the teachers put like one of those cushion things on her bum. Is it called like a bustle, a bushel or something? So their bum is like really puffy. And we all yeah. like gathered round and punched her bum. <laughs> you, you know, when you reflect, like reflect on COVID, is this a fever dream? Reflect on things like that. Like, is that a thing? Seems weird. I think that's weird. I feel like the uh, teacher would get in trouble now if uh, she said, gather around children, punch my bum. That was literally, literally. the point. And we all just stood like, in the pay playground punching it. <laughs> <laughs> just as she had a moment, she was like, this is weird. This is definitely Maybe. weird. Like, to be fair, she didn't actually invite us. Another teacher did. They went, oh, why don't you turn around and everyone can have a go on Mrs. Whatever her name was bottom. Like, <laughs> didn't eventually break <laughs> Mrs. Whatever her name, like... Pardon? Did it eventually break open and Sweeties came out? Oh, I wish. <laughs> that would make yeah. learning fun, right? <laughs> yeah, like, the Victorian day of school was like, 
my partner had one and I don't know what I don't know what he was doing but he like was being naughty in class we got taken out of the classroom and the teacher was like okay I'm gonna smack this um ruler against the bags and when I do you have to scream so like obviously like imitating what it'd be like to be Kane and obviously he wasn't actually hit or anything and it was like really fun and everything it's like teaching that hitting children is fun is, I mean, uh, that's wrong. <laughs> weird you make it sound like such a, a faraway thing. There was uh, a guy, Michael Fenton Stevens, an actor. He's been in pretty much everything at one stage or another. Mm -hmm. Like, he's got 100 credits. He's one of these great actors. And uh, he told me this story when he came on a podcast of when he was at school. And uh, if you annoyed this teacher, he'd get you to come up to the front of the class and bend over the desk. He'd then do this really light tap on your bum with this uh, uh, ruler with a bit of chalk on the end. And then he'd re-chalk it and then he'd whack you on the ass and he'd go, oh, just an inch out. And he'd keep on thwacking you until he hit the mark. Oh, my God. That's terrible. I mean, does his aim get better the more he goes on? <laughs> well, he was telling the story in a way of illustrating, like, um, uh, power of respect because this guy had power as long as he had the stick. And one day... Mm -hmm. He thwacked it down the table to make a point and it shattered and all the children were laughing and because he'd lost this ruler yeah. was power in the classroom and it was just but like 70s that's that's not that far away it's <laughs> not crazy. Yeah. Did you, that reminds I mean, me um of a bit and we did jane eyre on the podcast and her teacher beats her with a ruler and then she kind of reflects and she was like I wish I could have taken the ruler and snapped it. And her friend's like, oh, Jane, oh, my gosh, so rebellious. No, you mustn't do that. And we were like, well, she's being beaten. And it was for no good reason whatsoever. And all she wants to do is, yeah, like you say, remove the power and be like, maybe don't beat kids. And everyone's like, oh. Yeah. And then she fell in line and took her beating and everyone was very happy. <laughs> oh, as, as, they sh as they should be. But you said, um, Marsha, um, she was getting beaten for no good reason. Is there yeah. a good reason to be children? Wow, well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Martha's laying her true colours out this morning. When they <laughs> chat back. <laughs> Have you got a good reason? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, to be fair, to be fair, he did hide the remote. Oh. <laughs> you were. Yeah. Gave him an option to show me where it was. <laughs> Always hit them. Going back to the Victorian school thing, so obviously you didn't have it, but I was saying we did it. I remember three different occasions where we did the Victorian school exercise, and it just seemed like the vibe was always, aren't you lucky you don't go to a school like this? And whilst, yeah, um, it just seemed really, it's like cognitive dissonance. They always seem to be like giving you these like comparisons that are really far away. And yeah, there are really unjust things in our society today. Oh, like, shouldn't we be learning about that about like how school funding is allocated about how the profiling of groups is wrong about like gender and race bias but in but instead they're just like and little jimmy got caved well i can't do anything about little jimmy in 1820 but i could learn how to like you know direct my vote to other things that actually help with today's society taxes. that might be a worthwhile thing to learn in schools rather than trigonometry yeah <laughs> Do you think maybe there's that thing though of like if we teach you how bad it was back then, like you 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 won't realise that it's really crap now. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's teaching compliance. It's terrible. Yeah. 
fall in line, you grateful varmints, essentially. So, yeah, I just thought, I mean, I feel like you should learn history. Like I said, if you look at a lot of history, you can see it literally repeat itself. But three Victorian school exercises, maybe just a little bit of, you know, move that time over I mean, to other time periods. Like, yeah, school they used slaves I, as well. Victorians and Tudors. I feel like at primary school, that's all I really did. Yeah, that was all. That Victorians and Tudors, they were all the rage. <laughs> They're pretty cool. <laughs> so awesome. So, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. I was going to go into industrial schools. Have you heard of industrial schools? Yes. Yeah, there you go. So uh, these were for children that the uh, government, whatever, if that's what you could call them, uh, were worried could turn to crime at any moment. But really, they just have people that would walk around the street and pick up orphans and then just employ them in industrial schools as free labour. And if they didn't comply, beat them. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Great business model. Did anyone say boohoo.com and Zara? What? No. <laughs> I did. <laughs> there was a few years ago when the government did try and introduce, I believe it was under Theresa May, where they tried mm. to introduce uh, working as experience while you're not, you know, while you're unemployed, unpaid. So these mm. companies would take you on as great experience, basically slave labor. They yeah, slave labor. Literally. A couple of governments ago. Yeah, it's like, insane, isn't it? Like, I mean, un unpaid internships are still such a thing, and it's like, okay, but I I need to eat. <laughs> like, it's not. It doesn't it's work. It's a privilege game. Unpaid internships. I yeah. If, unless you've got like you can live somewhere rent free, or you've got some money off mm. mum and dad or something, or your partner, you can you do it. But okay. yeah. You can be. So that's why you have to get orphans off the street, guys. Come on. <laughs> get them orphans. I'll do anything. Were... <laughs> They're so hungry. Um, so there were these two kids that actually tried to burn their industrial school down with wood shavings from the workshop. I think they did actually set fire to it. And their names were George Stewart and James Fleming. And uh, they actually ended up in prison. And then after prison, they went to a reformatory school, which Katie will take you through those in a minute. And I was like, the purpose of industrial schools is to deter people from crime. Great job. You literally led them into it. Great, great logic. Great literally. Job. <laughs> Good job. Good job. So, yeah, um, reformatory schools were basically a young offenders institute where they put kids uh, there and they put the kids there to put them on the straight and narrow um, and boys basically learn manual labour, so carpentry, and girls learn how to be maids. So, you know, those nice gender stereotypes there. Um, but when it comes to gender norms, until school age, boys and girls alike wore white, frilly dresses. And the richer families would also have ribbons, lace, and bows. They also all wore bonnets. But don't worry, toxic social constructs would soon be enforced. Again, I'm still wondering these great circle of life things so like they probably had made those outfits in the factory the week before that they were wearing literally like <laughs> oh i love my new bonnet it was made by my friend jess before she lost her fingers like <laughs> you should see a bonnet work now it's gone right downhill <laughs> literally it's terrible bonnets are terrible cool. <laughs> bless them uh, they also had Welsh uh, schools. Uh, they do learn in Wales, apparently. Um, 
but um, they were owned by the English. And because we're a lovely, all-inclusive society, they used to beat the Welsh out of the children. So if they spoke Welsh, they get beaten. Because uh, that, uh, you know, is a nice, inclusive, calm learning environment. Yeah, and now today we're we're always like, oh, you live in Wales and you're Welsh, but you don't speak Welsh. That's weird. And it's like, yes, because it was literally beaten out of us. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. systematically. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, kill it. You know, just culling. That's what we do. The English, isn't it? Lovely people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's... I, I know some Welsh people. I mean, it's hard to understand them sometimes. I'm feeling a lot of sympathy. That's all I'm saying. Both sides of the argument, like <laughs> from both sides. That's all I'm saying. I can't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1891 they made schools free and you could become a teacher at 14 what a time to be alive um, but Marsh will go into this in a, uh, into a minute into the sort of punishments that we have uh, that they have but just want to bear in mind that the teachers were 14 years old so they're not they're not adults they are small 14 year olds are small Marsh would you like they to talk are. about punishments that these teachers would be enforcing <laughs> I will. So obviously people got caned. We know that. Like, yep, leave that. Um, and just sometimes even not for good reasons. And sometimes it was just sometimes it was just a bit funny, like banter, in it. <laughs> you should have seen the look on your face. It's kind of like I keep cutting off. Bun punishment baskets. Basically, they'd pop a kid or two in a basket and it had a rope on it and they'd winch it up. And just have the kids suspended above the classroom. And I was like, imagine if you thought you were going to get caged, and then you got like a ride in this floating basket. <laughs> I think it sounds really the punishment for the teacher. Imagine like you've got to hoist two nine-year-olds above your head. Like what? Like, I think I can't do that. Like, I think where history, history's got it wrong. I think it was a punishment for the teacher and people like looking at Victorian classrooms, like those poor children. The teacher was like. No, it's because I wasn't harsh enough on them, so they made me lift all the children. <laughs> I mean, you say that it was a harsh punishment. You say it was mm -hmm. harsh punishment lifting two nine-year-olds. Don't worry, they malnourished them to the point that they just weighed nothing. I was thinking, like, I used to work in a nursery, and I was like, my God, kids get heavy. Like it's oh. heavy enough like carrying them like that. Imagine like, carrying them up here, like walking around. Like it just wouldn't work. It's too heavy. Far too much. Nice covering up of your swearing, Katie. Swearing. <laughs> Victorian lady. There's no middle ground. Can't do it in the middle. <laughs> oh yeah. Um going on from punishments. Um there were school rebellions where the where the students would fight back. So schools also were known to have lots of rebellions, and their the example. This is this example um, is actually just pre-Victorian, but it's really good. Um, at Winchester, the head teacher was held hostage by boys with axes. Like, imagine, like you know what? No more homework. No homework. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You can have the rest of the year off. It's fine. I quit. Like, I'm gonna pay enough for this. Yeah, I, I don't care. Pink, it's fine. I'll write you all. Um, yeah, dedication to the job, fine. much. Wait, well, to be fair, I don't think you have to be dedicated to the job. If you're held hostage, you don't really have a choice. <laughs> like, I'd like to go home. Quiet, Mr. Burns. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry. 
So yeah, fair enough. Um, another school set off a barrel of gunpowder on Guy Fawkes night. Um, previously, militia was called in to break them up. Kids today, no gumption. <laughs> no gumption whatsoever. Plenty of like, gunpowder. No gun Pardon? So plenty of gunpowder, no gumption. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We need, I mean, yeah, we need more. We need more. Burn your schools down. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Come on, kids, apply yourselves. <laughs> apply yourselves. Everyone knows it shouldn't be open, so burn them. <laughs> so for the kids that got caught during the rebellions, we have a bit on children and prison. Because before um, Victorian times, they didn't see child and adult criminals as two different things. And just generally, they said they didn't really see children and adults as different things. They just thought children were small adults. But that's ridiculous. It's not true because they paid children less. And like, yo, where are like the child landlords and the child judges? There aren't any. Because, hey, you recognize they're different. I see you. I see you. <laughs> I see you. I see what you're doing here, unless it cuts to a court of law. But Victorian logic, like, um, yeah, we recently did David Copperfield on the podcast. And in mm. that, they literally chuck a man in prison because he can't pay his debts. And then he's like, well, I can't support my family. Like, oh, bring him along. Bring him in. I come in too, then. <laughs> yeah, so they all just move into prison. You're like, and when does he pay his debts? When does, no, that he's just getting more money off the state to be in the prison? Okay, okay. okay <laughs> whatever works for you. <laughs> no logic no logic made no sense so yeah uh, victoria i mean like i don't know if you've ever been to um oh my god what's it called the prison in cornwall you know what it's called marsha godman jail godman jail yeah like that's i think that's a bit pre-victorian actually but they had loads of like um exhibits in there of children being thrown in prison for things like oh he played toss penny on a sunday rather than respecting the lord and it's like I mean, if you know what toss penny was metaphor for, <laughs> lock him up, get him away. <laughs> Filthy bugger, he was disgusting. Being in his room, tossing penny all day. Yeah, <laughs> little heathen. Right, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think there was there was one of a child who like. I think their master didn't feed them so i think they got mm. put in prison for like not doing the work because they were starving or something and it's like yeah that was one they like collapsed and they were like to prison with you i mean maybe he got fed yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah and so maybe maybe he kind of woke up and was like to be fair this is better <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> weighing you know, things up like a low moment in your life and you're like this is better than where i was yeah just calling out the prison window ma'am still oh it's so sad still miss you but mm. fair, if he had got if that scarecrow boy had got fired and sent home to his mom she'd have probably beaten him for getting fired so she would lazy to be fair lazy <laughs> lazy <laughs> it's just not good enough is it yeah no Sorry, man. Had a hard yeah. time of it. Yeah. Wasn't a great time to be alive. But there are a lot no. of comparisons, which is slightly concerning. Slightly alarming. Katie, do you want to quickly take us through a bit of hygiene? <laughs> About oh, if you yes. survive all of this. 
in terms of, you know, as things are, we must remember to be very hygienic at the moment, just like those Victorians were. So yeah, if you manage to escape hard manual labor and horrific schools, but what about keeping clean? Because remember, you've got to wash your hands. Victoria, Victorians began popularizing regular bathing mid, um, for the middle and upper classes because they didn't want to smell like working class people. So with the newly available running water in the home, they created the bathroom. Um, but how did they heat up this water? They had gas heat. They had um, gas heated metal bathtubs, which literally scalded and boiled people. Um, then someone thought a thermostat might be a good idea because, you know, jumping into a metal bath with literally an oven underneath it kind of hurt. So it's literally a saucepan <laughs> of boiling water. <laughs> I mean, and you'll be clean. Clean. You won't have any skin, but you'll be clean. <laughs> I hope they tried dipping their little toe in first. Like they didn't just and go, just ah, it was like, <laughs> they did. And also they just sit in it and they're like, getting hot. Very hot. Can you imagine though, like the very first bath, like the concept being like, this bath is going to be amazing because we've got running water and it's going to be like hot water. It's going to be amazing, like amazing. <laughs> the kid jumps in and the mum's in the kitchen, like the kid's screaming and the mum's going, it's like, Jesus, this is worse than the scarecrow down the road. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get a moment's Victorian yeah. England is just wow. children's screams. It's so bad. Like, yeah, they also had, I'll just quickly say, they also had toilets, but they hadn't worked out that methane, like, collects in toilets. So sometimes there'd be blockages, and they'd go investigate with a candle. Boom. <laughs> and then if that didn't happen... They like their spontaneous combustion, Victorians, didn't they? Yeah, well, yeah, literally, even without candles, methane can gather in toilets, and if there's no release valve for it, which is what we have now, the toilet will literally explode. You can't have a bath. You can't go for a poo without dying in Victorian England. It's a terrible time to be alive. And again, corsets, terrible. <laughs> Everything was terrible and it still is. Bring on Corona <laughs> wave too. But as of then, as now, hashtag blame the women. Blame the women. <laughs> It's, uh, it was good enough for them. Since in charge of Brec of in charge of the, like the, the um England now and in charge of like what we do with coronavirus, but I still think it's Theresa May's fault. You know, like yeah. I just want to say, if anyone has enjoyed this hour, and I'm sure you have, please do uh, write to the good ladies at Unclassical and just hashtag blame the women. <laughs> blame all the women. Thank you. It's been so much fun and good luck. You're on like the home run now, really. Was it another five hours? Uh, yeah, yeah, five hours. Uh, uh, just, yeah, I, I think I'll still be coherent just by then. But uh, just, by the way, just, just a about. very quick shout out to our total at the moment. We've gone up to £400. Uh, That's well good. I don't know if it's a friend of yours, but Martin Pugh? Uh, he, Thank I, you, Martin. I, I mean, I, hi, Martin. I don't know him, I don't think, but he's just very generously donated an amount, which I, I don't know if I'm meant to say if that's like, if, if he wants to remain anonymous, but he is he is Sorry, helped us get there quite nicely, let's just say that. So, oh, uh, thanks, Martin. You're a stellar bloke. 
Everyone's a wonderful been person. Really and if I do know you, and I just my adult brain is forgetting who you are for a second, I'm sorry. But um, please, please do uh, help the NHS and donate at justgiving.com slash squeefest if you're listening and you can afford to. Uh, if not, that's absolutely cool. Thank you very much, ladies, and have a good rest of your weekend. Enjoy your work. <laughs> yeah, I've got it, Katie. Thank you so uh, much. Enjoy the rest of the podcast show. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Okay. And that's Katie off to her job as a scarecrow.